I wanted to sort of say, well, why can't a normal person who is a working mum who has a passion for food, why can't I publish a book that people will buy? Why do people want to always buy into that celebrity thing, which kind of always made me quite cross, you know, and, and, and it made me even more passionate and driven about wanting to get my cookbook published. Hi, and welcome to The Indian Edit, where you can hear directly from women who are creators and change makers with a connection to the Indian subcontinent. I'm Natasha, and I'm delighted today to bring you Ashia Ismail Singer, all the way from New Zealand, who is a cookbook author, nurse, real estate agent, and mother of two. Welcome, Ashia. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Natasha. Really appreciate it. I've so enjoyed your cookbook and looking forward to diving into how that came about. Um, I actually came across it at the Boston Public Library, displayed very prominently um, in on a bookshelf. And um, we was just so delighted to read about your story and your background in the book. Um, so I went out and got my own copy and have really enjoyed it at home. Um, oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but bef- way back before you were writing cookbooks, um, before you were even a cook, um, or a nurse or a real estate agent. Um, (laughs) You were a kid in Malawi uh, where you grew up and your family was based. Um, So I'd love to start there because I think your childhood um, has played such an important role in your family life and they in turn have influenced your work and your cooking so much. Um, So if you could take us back a little bit to why your family, um, you know, where they had originally come from, um, and tell us a little bit about this Malawi chapter. Sure, no, um, that's great. Um, yeah, well, look, I was born and brought up in Malawi in central, um, South Central Africa, mm-hmm. and um, my grandparents um, of Indian heritage, so Muslim um, Memon heritage, um, moved to Africa um, around the partition time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were um, from the Memon community who were um, predominantly sort of merchant traders. Mm. And um, they were Sunni Muslims. And they were very um, business-minded and philanthropic. And they all... Um, used to thrive on, you know, building communities and businesses and helping others. So they moved from India to Africa to, to, to see if they could make a better life for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's how um, we ended up being there. So my dad was only one when they moved. My dad was born in Jamnagar in India. Gujarat, mm-hmm. um, right? In the Gujarat, yeah, and um, but 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 we don't speak Gujarati. We speak oh. a language called Kutchi, yeah, um, and and we're um, Memons, right? And um, and you know, there's so I had to do a bit of research on sort of you know where we came from and um, you know where it all started, 
And it was just so interesting because, um, you know, as you move through life, um, you know, even as a child, mm-hmm. I was from, you know, a, a, an Indian heritage, but then I was, you know, grew up in Africa and then I moved again and then I moved again. So yeah. it all kind of gets forgotten and lost and whatever. So mm-hmm. for me, when I wrote this book, it was so interesting because I delved deeper into my into my heritage. And um, yeah, so my grandparents obviously moved, left India to migrate to Africa and um, uh, and they moved to Malawi, built a business and, um, uh, you know, um, settled there. Um, my mother's family did the same thing. So they were all from a similar community, I suppose, and, mm-hmm. and, and they moved there as well. So obviously, um, then mum and dad um, got married and um, had us. And there's four of us. So I've got a twin sister mm-hmm. and two younger sisters. Um, and uh, uh, my, myself and my twin are the oldest. And, you know, the, we had a great childhood in Malawi um, growing up in the, in the 70s. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we had, uh, we had a cook. Um, mom, mom was very um, busy. Obviously, she had you know four girls to look to, to run around. Yeah. Dad had a business. Mom was also helping out in 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 the business, but then she was also you know doing the whole uh, looking after the kids and the house and all that. But but she had help, so she had a cook, and um, and she would and I would watch her do this. You know, she'd plan the days cooking and she'd tell um, the cook, you know, what we were having. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd sort of do all the prep and then she'd, you know, run around, drop us off at school and all that kind of stuff. And then she'd come home and he'd have done all the prep and then she'd just come and finish it off. Mm. Um, so I kind of grew up watching her do that. And then mum and dad used to love entertaining mm-hmm. as well. So we'd always have um, friends over, the, the, you know, there was always people around, you know, sharing food and enjoying um, yeah. all the lovely dishes that mom used to make. Um, and it was funny because mom, we kind of grew up um, in Malawi. And, and although, you know, it was Africa, we, we, we ate Indian food because, you know, mm-hmm. wherever you go, I think as a community, you tend to have your own, um, I guess, ways of doing things, and um, you, you know, you you tend to um, use your own recipes and use your own way of cooking and, and all that. But but then you do, you do adapt because obviously you have to wherever you're living. Yeah. Um, and and. and Mum was always amazing at, and even this was back in the 70s, you know, um, mixing um, East and West, you know. Mm. So she'd be be making roast chicken but doing it with chilli or Mm -hmm. she'd make shepherd's pie and make it into a spicy shepherd's pie. Mm. And so we always grew up eating you know, she was doing fusion food before fusion was a thing. <laughs> and um, it was, it was, th- and that's how I grew up eating. Yeah. Um, 
and, and life over there was was different. Um, you know, I mean, I live in New Zealand now, but <coughs> over there we, um, you know, it was uh, uh, we had fresh fresh sort of vegetables. We had chickens in the backyard. We had, um, uh, you know, we had a couple of goats. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but that was all sort of part of life. You know, we, mm. um, we, in the, the chickens weren't there for the eggs. They were there for, you know, yeah. Yeah. to have chickens. <laughs> yeah, there's no sort of cold chain storage system. Yeah, at that point. So everything is... Yeah. yeah. And and food was, you know, food played a big part. Um, there was gatherings, religious festivals like Eid and, and stuff. And, um, you know, there was a big family. So we'd all gather around and, and have beautiful um, food and celebrate together, whatever it was, you know, whether it was a wedding or a or a or a or a festival or a mm-hmm. birthday. Mum and dad did birthdays quite um quite well. So um <laughs> yeah. And because my twin and I were, there weren't a lot of twins around in mm-hmm. in yeah. Malawi, um, so we were a bit of a novelty. And people, you know, my mum would dress us the same. And then when we had a, you know, a significant birthday or something, she'd invite everybody over and she, you know, bake a cake. And it was all very, you know, it was all very lovely. I had great memories of growing up in Malawi and food played a big part of, um, of yeah. that. Wow. That just sounds, sounds incredible. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm struck in the book also by, um, and I, this is more just because I don't really know this um, sort of niche of food particularly well, but it reminds me a little bit of the Hyderabadi food because um, it's quite spiced. There are a lot of the biryanis, um and other you know north indian specialties but done with a bit of a twist um so it's it's amazing to imagine your mom making these like enormous biryanis in my mind i'm just yes. like peach <laughs> with uh, <laughs> which yeah, probably was something like that <laughs> yeah she was amazing i mean she'd um you know she would cook a biryani i, I remember <clears throat> particularly this um this event that she was doing and there was a hundred people there and she she was quite happy I mean obviously she had help yeah but she was the one that was going to be cooking this biryani for a hundred people I mean biryani is hard enough you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's just beautiful Uh, but cooking it for a hundred (laughs) people yes oh my gosh you know she had that sort of real um uh, and I guess I've taken after her you know yeah Um, love did she, sorry to interrupt did she stand out even among the community there as being a sort of notable as a cook or was and it not, all the moms who were doing this yeah no, to be honest not really um uh I, I think she did in a way but 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 there were other women who did you know a, a lot of cooking as well but yeah. I think for me yeah the, the thing with with my mom is that she was more in tune with um, a sort of Western, mm. uh, mixing up Western things as well, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. I think some of the other um, women were a bit more traditional. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and I don't know where that came from from my mum, mm-hmm. probably just, you know, 
reading magazines and going yeah. through just yeah. stuff because you know there was no TV or anything. Um, yeah, you know. yeah. So, um, you know, she, I remember she used to read lots of magazines and and get ideas from there. So I'm, you know, I'm guessing that's where it kind of came from. Yeah, it's interesting how some people have that curiosity and that will to make something a little bit different or special and, you know, home cooks who do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I have some aunts who are really like that, who just enjoy cooking and reading about new recipes all the way, no matter how expert they are, they're constantly sort of adding to their arsenal. So it's just wonderful for you to grow up around that. And it sounds yeah. like you were interested in sort of in food from that young age. Yeah, I think I was I was kind of always interested in food, but it was kind of always in the background. I didn't yeah. really, um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I had an interest in learning uh, a mm -hmm. little bit more, but it wasn't until we sort of moved to the UK when I was, when my twin and I was 17, mm. that it became something that I took more mm. of a responsibility in as a family. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we moved um, to the UK in 1987 when mm. um, it was politically sort of unstable in Malawi. Mm -hmm. And, um, and obviously so, uh, actually, can you tell me a little bit about this? Because, you know, I mean, um, the very well-known um, case in Uganda was this sort of Idi Amin's expulsion of the Asians, but that happened in the early 70s. That's and I know right. some of the East African countries sort of followed that um, shortly after. Yeah. But you all left quite a bit later. We did, yeah. And, 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 Lucky, luckily for us, we didn't get to that stage. Mm -hmm. It was, it was yeah. all that talk because we had a a leader called Banda, and he um, obviously was a dictator. Mm -hmm. But if if everybody did things the way he wanted, it all mm -hmm. ran really smoothly. Mm -hmm. you know? But because all this other stuff was going on in some of the other African countries, I think there was, it was having a ripple effect. Yeah. Um, and I think my parents were kind of thinking, look, this may not be the best option. And I think for my dad as well, because he, um, uh, Malawi was part of the Commonwealth. So um, when, when he was growing up in Malawi, he, uh, in the 60s, um, he his family quite well were quite wealthy, so they usually sent all their boys <laughs> to the UK to study to go to university and and mm -hmm. you know further their education. So my dad was one of uh, him and his two younger brothers and some cousins mm. were sent off to um, to the UK, and they all sort of flattered together and. Um, had a had a jolly good time as well as you know um, getting an education and traveling and whatever um, okay. and so he'd had this education in 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 the UK and then came back nice. and got married to mum but I think it, by the time we all arrived and and my sister and I got to I think we were 16 at the time and and the younger two were were 10 eight and ten years younger 
Mm. Um, I, I think that whole political unrest was just beginning to have this ripple effect. And, and, and he was thinking, gosh, I've got four girls. Right. You know, I don't really want to carry on here. Mm. Um, in Malawi, and 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 I think it was like a joint de- decision where they decided. You know, my parents decided that probably for us girls to get a further education and 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 also to probably have a safer um, environment to grow in, it would be best to move to the UK. So yeah, mm. we um, we moved in 1987, but it mm. but but it wasn't that we were forced out or you know right, anything like right, that right. We, we went you know quite happily mm-hmm. um with you know with everything we needed to take so mm. have you or your parents gone back since um yes i've been back once sort of earlier on um mm-hmm. before i did my nursing so that was nearly nearly 30 years ago okay. <laughs> years ago um uh, and i haven't been back since and um, mum and dad went back as well um, a lot, a lot uh, um, after me, mm-hmm. uh, only once. Um, but, it, you know, it's changed. And I think every, everything changes, doesn't it? it? It's never how you remember it. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so- I just recently saw Mississippi Masala. I don't know if you've oh. seen that Mira Nair film. Yes, yes, I I have seen it, and I actually, funnily enough, wanted to watch it again because when it came out, it was um, quite controversial. Yeah, and, um, it was in the nineties, right? It was, yeah, very much so. And I actually wanted to watch it again. So yeah, you reminded me. I will go back and watch it again. Yeah, it's interesting because it was actually in the uh, big screen classics in my local theater here, and my husband was really keen to watch it, and okay. I had actually never watched that before, so. Um, yeah, it was lovely to watch it. it. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, all the families who had to move. I mean, in their case, it was very traumatic and very sudden. So very different, as you say, but, um, still this sort of idea of, um, you know, their home being left behind, especially for the parents' generation was, um, very very difficult but yeah. uh, anyway the film is is beautiful and it yeah um, it's amazing and i think i think for us um you know we we didn't know any different and for us it was an exciting yeah. chapter it was an adventure right uh, but it was probably a lot harder for my mum because she hadn't known anything different so she'd right. grown up in malawi she'd never done any traveling whereas my dad had you know he'd been mm-hmm. to the to the UK and he'd studied there and it right. was, you know, yeah. whereas for mum, although we had been to the UK a couple of times on, on holiday yeah. uh, to, to travel, she'd, um, um, for her, it was leaving a way of life behind that she'd, she'd always known. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think I, none of us appreciated that until we were a lot older. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about your mom because you mentioned one of the things you had started to do in England was to cook because your parents were both working. That's um, right. Now, was this the first time she was working outside the family? No, no. So she did. Oh, uh, yes. Um, she in in Malawi she worked with my dad. So my dad right, had okay. a business. 
but within that business, she had her own little business. Mm. Um, and then in the UK, mum and dad worked together. So I they see. had, yeah, so they had a, like a retail store and they worked together. Okay. So both, yeah. So again, very, um, very business orientated, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of what, you know, Mammons tend to be like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, working for themselves and, and trying to, you know, to better themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at this point, you're in the UK as a teenager. Uh, your whole way of life has also changed. <laughs> what was that like for you? <laughs> Gosh, um, it was it was kind of exciting, but also quite um daunting at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was lucky that I had my twin sister and we were obviously mm-hmm. very close, but, um, you know, we had each other to sort of um, yeah. talk to and go through this, this new journey with. I, I did find some parts of it quite con- confronting because obviously we moved in the 80s where there was quite a bit of racism mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we went you know, we moved from Africa, very naive, very sort of, um, you know, looking looking at everything through sort of rose-tinted glasses. And then mm-hmm. you get this big country where, you know, you get people, um, well, I mean, I had a couple of experiences where I had, you know, these sort of youths driving by, rolling down their window and saying, you know, go back to where you came from, you mm you know, calling you horrible names and stuff. And it was quite confronting, you know, and, and you sort of think, hmm, this is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we soon, I guess, as teenagers, I think you either adapt really quickly or you really struggle. Mm-hmm. And I think we were just, I think, focused on just getting on mm-hmm. And getting ahead and just doing what we could to make yeah. life, to make this new life, you know, um, work for us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you decided to go into nursing training. Yeah. Before before that, though, I went to art college and studied oh. design. <laughs> So I've done I've done quite a few things. Um, yeah, so I did. Uh, that was my passion, my dream. You know, as a as a young, I guess teenager, I wanted to be um, a fashion designer. So mm-hmm. I um, I went um, went to art college, studied fashion, and decided uh, I did a couple of years of that. Uh, loved it. I was very creative. You know, loved using my hands and using my creativity and. Um, but soon found out that actually uh, it was a very fickle industry and a, a very competitive one as well. Um, and, um, and then I went through some personal stuff. Um, uh, I, I guess, you know, any teenager going through life, you know, with all these different things going on, um, I kind of hit a bit of a block and um, had some sort of uh, personal issues and thought, you know, this um, fashion stuff's just not going to work. So mm-hmm. decided to take a break and then, and then, and then went into nursing after that. Mm-hmm. I see. And did you work as a nurse in the UK then? 
Yes, I did. So I um, started my training in um, now. I just I'm just trying to remember. I think I finished my training in '94. Mm-hmm. It was like a three-year training um, nursing course, and uh, and then I worked as a nurse in the UK for three years mm-hmm. in a busy emergency department because mm-hmm. I'd always had an interest in emergency nursing. So I, I never really worked in like a ward scenario where, you know, you mm-hmm. work in a hospital ward. I loved the adrenaline and the not knowing what the day is going to bring. Oh my goodness. This is like about as far from fashion design as I can. Oh, I know. I know. It's, um, it's, you know, my, my life's just taken so many twists and turns. It's, um, it's yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's quite, yeah, it's quite crazy. And actually when I think about it, it sounds completely bizarre, but you know, I think when you're, when you're so young, you know, when you're mm-hmm. um, 17, 18, you kind of think, you know, where you're going and then you realize obviously as you get a bit older that it's not really what you what you thought it would be Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for me nursing was an opportunity to um to give something back but also to travel Mm. and I kind of thought it was my ticket to go off and do um go off and see the world I suppose Um, Mm -hmm. And, and one of the plans had been to finish my nursing and, and go to the States mm. and, um, and work there. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, that didn't work out because I did go to the States for mm-hmm. um, did my, did my NCLEX exams to, to go and work in the States. Um, but uh, that didn't work out. So I ended up in New Zealand. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, nursing is one of the most uh, valued and in-demand professions, uh, I think, all over the world. So, yeah, yeah, very interesting. So you came to New Zealand and did you love it right from the beginning? Yeah, um, absolutely loved New Zealand. Um, But I think just just going back to the UK... um, when I, when, you know, when you were saying how mom was working, mm-hmm. I was at home, um, you know, so, so my sister and I would, would come home from college and I would do all the cooking uh-huh. and, and she was kind of in charge of the, of, you know, cleaning the house and making sure everything was fine. And I was in charge of, you know, making sure the dinner was on and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I was 17 or 18. Um, so, so that's kind of when I really started my cooking, mm-hmm. um, passion I suppose yeah. um, but 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 even then it wasn't something that I looked at as a oh my god I love this I've got to do this um, right right you know it was more of a it was a I enjoyed it it was a chore but I enjoyed it and it yeah. was something I'd rather be cooking than cleaning right so, right right exactly <laughs> yeah so uh, between the two of us it was you know <laughs> this for me was the better option um, so what were you making were you sort of because I mean most UK teenagers would be basically I mean there was no sort of microwavable options but basically the next level up from that the sort of minimal you know um yeah. Or did you really start going to your mum's way of cooking? Totally, yeah. Look, I was making that all that home cooked stuff, you know. So loved making rotis. Wow. 
Yeah. Oh my God. And this was my thing on a Sunday. This was my real relaxation thing. So on a Sunday, every Sunday, uh, we would have our brunch. So it would be a kind of like a late, late breakfast, um, early lunch thing. Mm -hmm. And it was always roti and it was always moong dal mm-hmm. and fried eggs with, um, uh, with onions. Mm-hmm. And I would have Lata Mangeshka on <laughs> in the background. <laughs> All those gorgeous songs. Um, I, love, I love the old classics. So I'd, I'd be listening to that and, and I'd be making my rotis. And, and I was like, I was only, you know, 18, 18 19, whatever. Still love the old, the old classics and Pankajudas and people like that. So I'd be listening to those songs and I'd be making my rotis. And <laughs> that was my, that was bliss for me Sunday morning. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. I mean, just this image, were you little sisters like listening to, I don't know, Blur and Oasis at this point? Or? Yeah. I mean, actually, to be honest, we grew up listening to all these classics because my dad, Mm. loved he loved um uh, uh um Mahmoud Rafi and mm, yeah. and all those classic old singers and we actually grew up listening to that so for us it had always been in the background yeah and then we obviously you know the Bollywood thing came in and stuff and yeah um I I kind of don't even do that I don't even <laughs> watch Bollywood movies, but I still love the old classic songs. And yeah, old yeah. Classic singers, so. oh, funny. I mean, these are Bollywood songs, but they're just, yeah. they're just old. The, the classic stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Like crazy crazy oh, dancing stuff that they do now. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, you know, just this idea, it's so remarkable to me that firstly you would make rotis from scratch. Uh, obviously there weren't options to just sort of buy them from the local oh. Indian grocery store. Yeah. Maybe. But no. uh, or maybe there were at that time. I don't know. Did no, you? No, no, not even not kind of... when we were there. I mean, definitely now. Yes, Got yeah, everything now. <laughs> yeah, but, because yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Know I still make rotis from scratch. <laughs> right. I... My mom <laughs> doesn't, but I do. <laughs> yeah, I just love this idea of you know a teenager who's never been to India. Right, you hadn't. Yeah. And here you are making your rotis on Sunday morning. <laughs> um, I want to get back to the rotis because, um, but but yeah, let's uh, you know from this. So you really were cooking a proper sort of home cooked Indian food for your yeah. sisters and your family um, yeah. already at eighteen ish, and yeah, continued and, and after you know, that, or did you sort yeah. of? take a break when you came to New Zealand and restarted yeah, with so, kids. Yeah. So, so did, you know, did, did all that obviously until I, um, until I moved to New Zealand when I was about 27. So, mm. you know, I was at home. Um, my twin sister got married at 21 mm. and I was, um, I was uh, still kind of doing, you know, doing my thing, doing my nursing, wanted to go off traveling, mm. um, had decided. Your parents that, you know, not sort of, uh, I don't know how traditional they are with the marriage thing, but, or whether your sister married someone from that community, but uh, were they sort of cool with you being single and then going off to the opposite end of the world? Yeah. 
Yeah, look, my, my parents are very, um, I mean, you know, they, they are Muslim and they, um, they practice Islam, but they are very um, modern in their thinking mm-hmm. and have always supported us girls, you know, mm-hmm. in whatever we wanted to do. And I think that's what I love about my family. So it's mm-hmm. never been a traditionally based, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, you've got to do this because it's tradition or you've got mm-hmm. to do this because mm-hmm. it's, you know, so, um, but, but out of, out of the four of us, I was always the one that was going to do something different. You know, <laughs> <Okay>. I was, <laughs> I was always thinking laterally. I was always questioning things. I was always, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we used to have healthy debates about everything. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, even doing, even me doing nursing, it was in our community wasn't, mm. um, and, and that was something that I found quite bizarre. You know, um, you could go off and be a doctor, but you couldn't be a nurse. Well, mm. why not? You know, <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm talking 30 years ago. So, it was yeah. Little... But what was it? Just that being a doctor was more prestigious? I guess so. I guess so. But, you know, I mean, was I... Was it the sort of hands-on nature? All the hands-on type oh, scenario, okay. you know, and I think... But, you know, I, I went off and did it and uh, and yeah. mum and dad supported me and it was great. And you know, and then I sort of talked to them and said, look, I, I really want to travel. Um, and, you know, there, there's always this sort of talk, you know, oh, but she's 27 and she's not got married yet. <laughs> Well, you know, um, I, yeah, I just want to do my thing, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. live my life the way I want to live it. And mum and dad supported me. So I went off. Um, I obviously wanted to go to the States, but that didn't work out. And then I decided mm-hmm. that I, um, a friend of mine actually had been to New Zealand and he'd said, oh, have you thought about New Zealand? And I said, well, where, where is New Zealand? <laughs> this was before, this was well before, you know, the internet and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, I remember when I was working in this ED department in, in Coventry, which is where we lived um, in the UK, um, I used to subscribe to the Nursing Times, which was a magazine. Mm-hmm. And um we um, and at the back of it, there used to be adverts of mm-hmm. working abroad. And um, obviously, initially, um, I'd applied for one of those to to work in the states, and and then that didn't work out. And then I saw this ad um, to work in New Zealand, and I thought, oh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to apply. Mm-hmm. And I applied in the November 1996. Mm-hmm. And by February 1997, I was winging my way over to New Zealand. Wow. The other side of the world on my own um, <laughs> with two bags and didn't know a soul. <laughs> Did you go to Auckland at that time? Yeah. So I went to Auckland, but but um, I, I, I didn't know anyone here, but I knew um, there had been a friend of a friend who'd, who you know, said to their friend, this, this doctor I worked with had a friend here and she'd said to them, oh, look, you know, my colleague's coming over. Mm-hmm. Can you just kind of point her in the right direction? Mm-hmm. And um, this lady called me. Her name was Marion. 
she was actually English, but she was married mm-hmm. to a, a New Zealander. And she called me um, uh, about a week before I was flying um, to New Zealand and said, oh, look, you know, when you arrive at Auckland Airport, why don't you get a taxi and, and come to our place in Auckland? Mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah, I guess I guess so. You know, I was, I was just going to go to a backpackers anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, so I rocked up at this, um, this lady's place. And funnily enough, um, they then became kind of my Kiwi family, really. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. From, yeah. So from not knowing a soul, I ended up, um, so I'm still in touch with them now. They just live around the corner from me. And um, mm. yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's so wonderful. That, yeah, that's how that started. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to New Zealand and worked as a nurse for several years, right? Yeah, so I, I came to New Zealand, did a bit of traveling around, worked in different parts of New Zealand. Mm. Um, so I started off in Auckland, then went um, on the East Coast to a place called Gisborne. And then from there, I went to Wellington, which is the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I met my husband, Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met him in the July, um, and we got married the following August. This is the July of the year you moved there? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So it all happened so single for very long. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and I actually wasn't really expecting that. I was, I was expecting to do a bit of traveling in New Zealand, Australia, and then head back to the UK, you know? Oh, Wow expecting to um, <laughs> find a husband and stay here incredible <laughs> 25 years or 26 years later <laughs> amazing so you uh, you know tell us then what transition you out of nursing or did you continue to work in that yeah so I then? yeah so I continued to work as a nurse um so um while I was here in New Zealand and traveling sort of on my own and um, missing home and missing family food. And mm. I, I just started cooking more and, um, you know, I'd, I'd cook for my friends and um, I'd make biryani for my friends. Like my mom used to Ooh. make, and then I'd be calling her up saying, Oh, so what, you know, how much, cause obviously mum was an intuitive cook. Yeah. And she would just, you know, do what she did um, without kind of uh, having any recipe, I suppose. But then there was me phoning her up and saying, right, I've got to make a biryani for 10 people. What do I do? (laughs) So there I was writing everything down. And I'd say, look, you know, how how much would I put, you know, of of masala or coriander, whatever. And she'd be like, I don't know. (laughs) Just just." (laughs) You know, a couple of spoons or whatever. I said, Mom, I can't do that. I've got to have a recipe to follow. Anyway, that kind of planted a seed in my head, but it was not It was not until I had my kids, um, my children, mm-hmm. Adam and Zara, and we moved back to the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at this point, um, when I was in New Zealand on my own and then I met my husband, we actually got married in the UK, came back to New Zealand, and then went back to the UK again. So there was a bit of toing and froing going on. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I um, 
came back to New Zealand about 11 years ago mm-hmm. that I had this idea that actually I really want to put these recipes down on paper. Mm. So, um, so yeah, there's been, so in between me moving to New Zealand in 1997 mm-hmm. and now 2022, I've been, back to the UK twice. Oh, wow. Um, in terms of living over living there. there. So, okay. Yeah, so having chunks of time, um, you know, um, living there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's been a bit of toing and froing in the meantime. <laughs> so but, you're sort of recreating your mum's dishes and trying to get all the details written down for yourself. Um, what made you then want to do the book or really share this with others? Yeah. So, so what happened was when we moved back here, um, my, my oldest um, son, who is now 21, was, um, was eight, was, uh, sorry, nine years old hmm. when, we, when we moved back here. Um, and my daughter was six and I was, um, I just started sort of, you know, wanting to make the food, you know, I was on my own here. There was no other family mm-hmm. and I just wanted to make, you know, all the recipes that mum was, um, um, that mum used to make and that I used to make when we were living there in yeah. the UK. Um, and when, when we were in the UK, I used to subscribe to a magazine, um, a New Zealand magazine called New Zealand House and Garden. Mm. And it was one of those house and garden magazines, you know, with, with gorgeous houses in the, in the front and beautiful recipes in the back. <laughs> and I used to look at all the recipes and think, oh, wow, I'd love to share my recipes in, in here. Mm. So I had this idea when we came back sort of 11 years ago, I thought, hmm, I've been getting this magazine for years. I'm actually going to write to them and see if I can contribute mm. my recipes. So I wrote to the editor and I said to her that, um, you know, I've been getting your magazine. I love it. And can, um, you know, would I be able to share some of my recipes? And I actually started also writing a blog. Mm-hmm. And this was when blogs were becoming, yeah. you know, fashionable. <laughs> Um, you know, I'd, I'd only written like two or three entries or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I sent her this blog and she looked at it and said, oh, I actually really like it. Um, why don't you send me some ideas of what you want to share mm. in the magazine? And it's quite a, it's quite a prestigious magazine here. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's a big magazine. And um, so I put together a few ideas and, Next thing I know, she's called me in and we're doing a food shoot oh. with, with a photographer, a, um, a stylist, my recipes, <laughs> all beautifully done up in this magazine. Wow. And, um, and this happened two or three times before I kind of thought to myself, actually, I've got something here. Now I've got mm-hmm. a little platform. Yeah work on and I'm sharing these recipes with people um they look amazing yeah Uh, so they're all actually on my website so you can actually see the um so so my website's um asha ismail 
singer.com and Mm -hmm. you can see these magazine articles way back from like 2012, 2013. Um, And, and the recipes looked amazing. The stylist had made a fantastic job of it. And, and, and that's when I saw them and I thought, actually, I want to write a book. (laughs) Wow. So that's my journey started of wanting to write a book. Oh, I love this because, you know, there's so many people who, wrote the blogs um, and have that urge to just get down their family recipes. Um, And it's always lovely sort of to have an audience, but I love that you took that step to contact the magazine on this sort of why not. And um, that catalyzed it to a whole nother level, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, I see those images from the New Zealand house and garden and it's um, they're beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when I realized that actually they look so good. Yeah. That, um, you know, they're, they're easy to follow recipes, but they look so good. And, um, and I can actually really do something with this. You know, I can, yeah. it's now not just in my head. Right. Right. People can see it. I can see how amazing it looks. So it was, but even that journey took seven years. Sure. <laughs> yeah. To get to, um, to actually publishing the first book. Right. Um, I mean, a book is, it requires a lot of recipes, firstly. <laughs> you have yeah. to have tested them all and make sure, yeah. you know, you can't do to your audience what your mom did to you, where you're sort of like okay. a pinch of this and a bucket of that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So I can see how that would be a lot of work. Um, But, you know, I just love that you persevered and you didn't sort of have a publisher come to you first and kind of put it in your lap. Um, And you're working at the same time. That's right. Yeah. So still working as a nurse. Yeah. So working as a nurse and also, um, you know, looking after the kids yeah, um, doing all the after-school stuff, and you know, all those um, things yeah. that go with with being a mum and yeah. <laughs> being a <crazy> mum. <laughs> and um, yeah, but but with the with the book wanting to be published, it took me quite a few years to even get a publisher to say actually yes. Yeah, we, you know, because I think you can even when you can see your vision. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get somebody else to see your vision. Oh yeah, sure. And and it took it took a long time. I had a lot of knockbacks. I had a lot of yeah. Uh, I mean, not that New Zealand's um, got loads of publishers. It's a very small country, so mm-hmm. you know, there's a there's a handful of publishers that do publish cookbooks, but um, the few that I had gone to, yeah, and said no. So I just kept going back to them. Um, you know, that, that word perseverance (laughs) Um, and kept going back to them and kept going back to them. And that's when um, my first book, which is called Asher's Table Mm -hmm. um, in America, it was published here first in 2018 and it was called uh, My Indian Kitchen. So and, did you uh, have a proposal or how were you pitching yeah. that? Was it based off the magazine articles? and? 
Yeah, so I had a proposal. I had, um, uh, you know, sent them uh, the articles and and given them a pitch of what potentially that the book yeah. would, you know, contain. So I think they loved the idea that it was a mixture of East and West, mm-hmm. um, that the recipes were doable, they were easy. Yeah. Um, they were authentic, but not particularly difficult. Right. Um, and, and the other key thing was that all the ingredients were available in, in the supermarket. So you didn't have mm-hmm. to go to specific, you know, mm-hmm. stores. I mean, yeah, there were some things that were specific, but, yeah. um, but, but there, you know, in New Zealand, there are plenty of Indian grocery stores um, mm-hmm. that you go to and buy your spices and things like that. Right. So, um, so- uh, what was the food, uh, the cookbook scene like in New Zealand at that time? Um, I mean, I imagine they have a lot of, if you wanted an Indian cookbook, you would get one that was imported. Is that? Yeah. So a lot of New Zealand based cookbook authors as well who had published these, this kind of book. Yeah. So, so I was actually the first Indian um author, I guess, Indian uh, cookbook author Mm -hmm. uh, that was published mainstream Mm. Um, because all the other Indian cookbooks Mm -hmm. were, you know, people like Madhu Jafri or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can get them online. Um, uh, So, you know, people like sort of Rick Stein and, um, Jamie Oliver and all those, you know, so, yeah. so all those books were available here. Right. And then they, in New Zealand, they also have, you know, our own celebrity authors who have had TV um, uh, series sure. and things. So people like lady called uh, Annabelle Langbein. And then obviously MasterChef became a, a thing here mm. as well. So we had our own sort of MasterChef winners. And one of them was a lady called Nadia Lim. Who's um, who's done really really well? Um, mm-hmm. So they've got those cookbooks. I but see. I think what happens in New Zealand is people do go for those celebrity cookbooks because mm-hmm. they have a celebrity status. Yeah. And one of the things that I found really hard here was that I didn't have a celebrity status. So mm-hmm. so for publishers to say oh, yes, great, we'll take you on, was very hard because why would they take me on, who was a complete unknown, mm-hmm. for somebody, say, like Nadia Lim, who's been on yeah. TV? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think that's true everywhere. I mean, yeah, even, exactly. So yeah, I kind unless of you've been a TV celebrity or a yeah. restaurant chef of some renown, uh, you basically have to be an influencer on Instagram or something. Exactly. And I kind of wanted to break that barrier. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to sort of say, well, why can't a normal person mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. is a working mom mm-hmm. who has a passion for food, why can't I publish a book? that people will buy you know what why do people want to always buy into that celebrity thing which kind of always made me it made me quite cross you know and 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 it made me even more passionate and driven (laughs) about wanting to get my cookbook published 
I love I, that because I think it's really the gatekeepers because I don't think that the public only wants the celebrity cookbook, but you know, it's a safe bet, like you said, is, for the marketing machine. So, sell, right? Yeah. 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 So I, I love that you just questioned this whole <laughs> this whole premise and went for it. That's terrific. Yeah, yeah no, thank you. <laughs> and then and you off. sorry. It paid off. So, you know. Yeah. And then you got uh, an international publisher on as well. Yeah, so so this was um, so my so my first cookbook um, was published in 2018 in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and then I, I I still wasn't not, not that I wasn't happy, but I wanted to uh, you know I wanted my book. I knew that my book would do really well elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I knew that it would do really well abroad because I knew that there are people like me. Mm-hmm. in other countries, you know, that have left their home and they want to do their home cooking, but they yeah. don't necessarily want to, to have loads and loads of ingredients. They just want to have something that will remind them of home. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like I really had an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so there I was again, writing to different publishers and kept getting no's and kept writing back to publishers mm. anyway that's um so I found um Interlink um who had done um some international um books but they'd also done a very you know people with varied chefs with varied backgrounds mm. and so I approached them and um and yeah we we signed that deal um last year in december wow sorry the book came out in december last year so yeah mm-hmm. uh called ashes table so now it's available everywhere all over the world yeah. <laughs> and deposit book depository and um target and Barnes and Noble and everywhere. (laughs) I love it. I really enjoyed the book because um, I mean, it's beautifully done all of it. Um, And, you know, having seen a lot of Indian cookbooks, um, I, you know, I mean, they all have something to offer. Uh, What I, what I particularly enjoyed in yours was that it actually has a lot of the basic home staples. Yes. Um, and with very simple ingredients, like you say, and techniques. So it really feels very approachable. Um, and it's also got that mix. Like you said, there are some of the East-West um, ideas, uh, which you know are really lovely. And um, yeah, I think I actually what I found refreshing about it was that it had a lot of very simple, basic home style Indian recipes, because I think now in the quest to sort of differentiate from the Mother Jaffrey's and the other books out there, I think everyone's got, which uh, I absolutely love, like highly specific regional cuisine, too, from India. Um, But sometimes those books end up being really like 
you know, books that you enjoy reading and looking at. And then when it's time to cook, you sort of like, oh, I don't know if I'm, you know, you yeah, know exactly. have the three yeah. hours and plus the shopping trip and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's anyway, it's it's got a lovely collection. I've tried your version of the chicken curry and um, a few other things. And it's it's nice, too, because actually I... I find it is a little bit like when I hear recipes over the phone from my family yeah. where I could actually up or down anything in that and dial, you know, a spice up or down or yes. change things up a little bit and it doesn't feel prescriptive. It's more for me, like, um, again, I'm Indian. I've cooked, you know, Indian food and eaten it all my life. For yeah. others, I think they would maybe follow the recipe much more closely closely um, yeah that's right but for me it's a lovely it's more just like oh look like here's this basic potato dish that you know we ate often growing up so yeah you but know I it's just even as more. a lovely reminder of the basic home diet is sort of like oh yeah I forgot yeah. about that and I can just make my version of it yeah totally <laughs> totally and that's what it's all about and I think for me the thing was to make the book approachable because I think sometimes, yeah. you know, you get you get Indian cookbooks um, by Western cooks, and, I, and I'm not saying that they can't cook Indian food. Of course they can. If you're a chef, you can cook anything. But I think it just kind of makes it a little bit more authentic when it's um, done by by somebody who is of that heritage mm. and that have grown up eating, um, you know, uh, home-cooked food like that yeah. at home. And, and I think it just makes, just makes it, I just wanted to make it accessible. Yeah. But, but, but I, but I'm not saying this is the way you cook Indian food because sure. again, this <laughs> Indian food is, is specific to, to, to me and the way yeah. I grew up, but it has got, uh, um, a sort of, um, I guess, a, a version of North, um, oh, Gujar- a bit of Gujarati, a bit of Persian, mm-hmm. because there was Persian influences in in, in Gujarat, mm-hmm. uh, and that whole Mogul, you know, the Mogul region yep. as well. So there's, you know, there's all that influence, and again, it's because of where my heritage is from is why those recipes have got those influences you know the the rose water in the gulab jamun and um the cardamom and yeah the saffron and all that kind of stuff you know yeah Uh, so I just loved putting it together um and and and, you know when, when I put it together I wanted to I wanted it to be a book that people can say oh okay I'm going to have a few friends around for um, mm-hmm. drinks and nibbles so I can just go to, you know, this grazing and bite section and, and pick out some things. Mm-hmm. Or I'm having, you know, a couple of friends around for lunch, so I'll go to the easy lunch section. Yeah. Um, or there's a nice, you know, um, more elaborate thing for, you know, having people over for a dinner party. So it yeah. kind of covers... And then desserts as well. So it kind of covers everything, which which I kind of thought was quite nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's lovely. And uh, I imagine it's done quite well in New Zealand. And 
now hopefully yeah. the rest of the world <laughs> yeah so it's done really well in new zealand it's actually sold out um in new zealand um and we've just re- so and I've, and it's just been reprinted by so it was done by a different publisher and mm-hmm. it sold out and then now it's um been republished by my new publisher who's done my second cookbook mm, which is which yeah. is my third one called saffron swells and cardamom dust and the the publisher bateman books there um decided to go for um a second edition so we've just received the the new edition so that's back in stock in in new zealand which will be amazing Oh wonderful. And the new book is your other passion which is amazing to me again that you are really into fairly elaborate dessert making. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, often people are sort of lean one way or the other but you really can't respect both. Yeah. I enjoy both. Yeah, so my second book that's come out in New Zealand is called um Saffron Swirls and Cardamom Dust and and what i thought with this book was um and you know you're welcome to put the pictures up when 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 yeah. you do um uh, uh pod um but uh the 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 thing behind this was um that i wanted to create a book of baking and desserts but using spice mm-hmm. but not necessarily indian baking yeah. so it's very much western you know cakes desserts there are some indian desserts in there as well but using spice like cardamom nutmeg saffron um star anise um and there are i mean i i just loved putting this book together um there are some beautiful you know um simple recipes but there are some elaborate recipes as well um Uh, mm-hmm. you know things like carrot halva and um or gajar halva yeah. which is one of my favorites and gulab jamun in there as well but then there's also you know eclairs and um uh um just also you know chocolate and peanut yeah. butter brownie and yeah um, peach tarts and cakes also the beautiful <laughs> yeah, all different things. So yeah, no it's um it's a beautiful book and I do hope that we can um we can try and get it in the states as well. Yes. Yeah, so lovely. Um and you've done some workshops and classes as well, right, in person? Yes, yeah, so um which I absolutely love doing. Um so pre um pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> everything's pre-pandemic now um i used to do um all these you know amazing hands-on classes where people would come to my workshops and i'd have 12 to 14 people mm-hmm. and i basically we'd do like a five course dinner um sort of with some oh. naan you know so the, you know they they they'd have a go at hands-on um making naan bread and stuff like that and um mm. and we you know I'd go through um uh, a sort of a five course menu and we'd cook it together and um yeah and they went really really well mm-hmm. and then what I what I did as well is alongside the book I'd had these um spice tins made up mm-hmm. so you know the masala dabbas that yeah. we use um that would go with the book so they all had the little spices 
in the yeah. tin. So for people that weren't familiar with yeah. where to get the spices from, they could buy the book, buy the spice mm-hmm. tin, and they could literally be away and start cooking straight yeah. away, you know, yeah. without having to worry about where they're going to get their spices from. So, <laughs> I love it. Worked yes. really well, worked really well. But then, yeah, you know, the pandemic hit and right. stopped that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so all this time you were nursing, but then you've had another twist in your career <laughs> more recently. And I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, look, so I think, I think the pandemic really changed everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, in, in so many different aspects, you know, we were all at home. Uh, I mean, as a nurse, I was doing some, you know, nursing shifts as well. And just finding it really, really hard. Mm. And I was having a chat to my husband and I said, you know what? I am just fed up of this. Mm-hmm. I, I really am. Um, you know, it's it's just such a thankless job. And I think, mm. you know, you could you can either carry on and 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 be, you know, just just do it and, yeah. and do it regardless. I mean, I've done it for 28 years. And mm. I think sometimes you just have to call it and say, actually, you know what? Yeah. I think I've done, I think I've given my best and I don't think I can do any more. Mm-hmm. So um, real estate is something that I've always wanted to do, but because the kids were younger, mm-hmm. um, I always had put it in the, on, you know, on the back burner. I had so many other things going on with my books mm-hmm. and stuff that I just kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And it was only when we were locked down and um, I was kind of, you know, looking through things and I, said to my husband, actually, I've got all this time on my hands. I think I might do my real estate papers. Mm. So I did them over lockdown uh, here in New Zealand and uh, got my qualification in lockdown and mm. um, got, um, yeah, got sort of a position with, uh, with a company here and uh, have started that sort of part-time. Okay. Uh, you know, just trying to fit it all in, I suppose. Yeah. But with the, with the hope that I can stop completely doing my, you know, stop my nursing completely and start um, my real estate career, just to just to sort of you know change things up. I mean, I'm I'm one of these people that loves working, mm-hmm. um, loves meeting people. I love, mm-hmm. you know, I love people and yeah. and um, and real estate. The real estate game is very much a, a people, you know. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'm going to um, <laughs> go ahead and do that, I think. Um, but I'll still continue to write and, yes. uh, you know, do some, I've got a couple of speaking things coming up um, here in, in New Zealand. There's a mm. Auckland Writers Festival that I'm um, yeah. a small part in that I'm involved in. There's another one in um, another festival that I'm uh, doing for my, uh, I think they, yeah, they've invited me to come and talk about Saffron Swells, my new book. Mm. Um, so I'm going to do, um, that. So I'll still kind of continue doing yeah. you know, the food thing. Cause that's my passion. Yeah. Um, and then, and the kids, you know, my kids are older. So my daughter's 17, my son's 21. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, they don't need, or they still need me, but not as much. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, f- focus on other things. 
That's incredible. So a day in the life at the moment could be either working on nursing or the real estate. Is that how you're? Um, yeah. So at the moment, I'm I'm just um, sort of working between probably till the end of the year. I'm just going to be doing a little bit of both. Okay. Um, and then um, hopefully next year uh, with the hope to, you know, completely stop the nursing and, and start the real estate. Wow. So was so, this but, also yeah. prompted by the sort of house and garden love that you had? Um, yeah, I've always had that. Yeah. And I think um, I just stuck to the nursing because it worked well for my kids. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I worked as a, I work as a school nurse, which meant that I got the holidays off. Yeah. And because I didn't have family around, I needed to be around for the kids so that it just for the for yeah. the work life balance it just suited and mm-hmm. I think sometimes as mothers you you just do things because they suit you mm-hmm. not necessarily because they bring you joy or or much money or passion or mm-hmm. you just you know you just kind of go with it right to mm-hmm. to suit family and I think that's what I did for a little while mm-hmm. but now that the kids are older and I kind of feel like I can actually really do something that I enjoy so I've always mm-hmm. always wanted to do this you know go into real estate but had always just put it in the back uh, yeah and and you know didn't think about it much until you know until the pandemic and I thought well actually now might be a good time to yeah to, to change <laughs> well that's incredible um and are you still developing new recipes or contributing to magazines and papers as well? Yeah, look, so there's a couple of exciting things or one exciting thing in the pipeline, which I can't really talk about right now, but um, I will be, <laughs> I will be um, sort of uh, talking about it soon. Uh, but yes, definitely developing more recipes. Um, no magazine stuff at the moment, but... Um, but yeah, just doing, you know, just doing some stuff in the, in the background. Yeah. Um, wow. Definitely working on trying to get saffron into the international market mm-hmm. um, yeah. because uh, it, once I can get saffron swells on the, on the international market, then that way I could potentially even come over to the U S and maybe do a bit of a, mm-hmm. you know, a bit of a tour. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that'd be lovely. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Well, I've gone on so late and it's already almost midnight in New Zealand. So (laughs) I better wrap up, um, by asking you if there's a book, um, that either you've just read recently or something that was really transformative that you'd like to share. Yeah, look, I've, I read a couple of books and again, it was, it was probably, um, in lockdown, um, two books that I absolutely loved. And 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 you know they're um, they're both um, American. Um, one was American Dirt. Mm, I haven't read it. Yeah. Oh my god! Absolutely loved that book. Okay. So um, you have to read that. It's um, yeah, just just so so good. Um, and then the other one was where the crawdads sing. Oh yes, that's loved been on my list for way too long. Yeah. <laughs> But American Dirt, amazing. It was, um, you know, about the um, um, the Mexican journey into America. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, crossing the border and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
just just amazing so yeah those two books I love oh I didn't have that <laughs> one got, on my radar so thank yeah, you for that. Got books on the go as well so yeah my side, table, my side table's usually you know stacked full of books I've got cookbooks sitting there <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> do you have a cookbook favorite that you can I know it's hard to choose one oh, but... <laughs> oh gosh there's so many at the moment I just um actually funnily enough cookbooks are really expensive in New Zealand. Oh yeah. Okay. And, um, like if you want to buy a cookbook here, they're about 60 New Zealand dollars, 50 mm. to 60 New Zealand dollars. Mm-hmm. So I was in the UK, um, just come back last week, actually, we did a trip a month away and um, I bought um, Jamie Oliver's cookbook mm. together, which was new came one or? Yeah, it's, um, it's fairly new. It came out around, the pandemic time okay. probably around the same time as my book my book here that saffron when when saffron came out uh, and again it was you know like like i wrote mine in the pandemic i think so did he mm-hmm. and it's called together oh, together right together, yeah it's such a beautiful book because it's all about sharing and being oh, together we right. dedicated it to the nhs which you know i mean i was part of that you know the national right. health service in the uk so just just a real you know yeah just a lovely book to dedicate to all the hard working nurses mm-hmm. doctors health workers people that are that that did all the the hard stuff in in the pandemic that um, yeah. while everybody was at home making sourdough bread and right <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, books are among the only things that are cheaper in the UK than the US. Yeah. So. Oh, and I bought that one for twelve pounds. Oh wow. Okay. Dollars here. So there you go. Oh, <laughs> <a> <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Terrific. And where can people sort of follow you and keep an eye on um, what's in the pipeline? Um, yeah. If you share that, then we'll wrap up. Yeah, sure. So they can follow me on Instagram or at um, at um, my Indian Kitchen by Asha, mm. um, or they can jump on my website, which is ashiaismalsinger.com mm-hmm. or on Facebook um, at Asha Ismalsinger. And uh, yeah, so I'm probably most of the time sharing stuff on Instagram. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful following you and seeing especially all the baking. That's uh, just very uh, much for that's me awesome. like a dream because I'm not <laughs> much of a baker. Um, but thank you so much. It's been so lovely to get to chat, finally get the schedules and time zones to work out. So thanks so much for joining no, us, taking the thank time. You. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Natasha. I'm so glad that you saw my book in the Boston Library and, yeah. <laughs> and reached out to me. I think that's um, that's pretty amazing. So thank you for wonderful uh, book as well. Congratulations. Ashia's Table Family Recipes from India and Beyond is um, available everywhere books are sold. And we'll look out for the next one as well. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. As always, you can find links to everything mentioned today in show notes at theindianedit.com. And if you've enjoyed it and have a minute to leave us, um, actually a second to leave us a star rating on iTunes, that would be hugely helpful to people um, who are looking for podcasts like this. 
And if you want to message me on Instagram at the Indian Edit Podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. 